0: Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Well, there's this famous moment in the scriptures that most of you know, even if you've never grown up in church, where the Israelites are released from Egypt in this moment known as the Exodus. And they're leaving their life of slavery. Pharaoh has decided to let them go free. And here they are leaving the nation of Egypt, and they come across the Red Sea. And they're stuck there not knowing what to do. And so Moses, the leader, is having a conversation with God in this moment. And this is a a passage that I love so much in Exodus 14, starting in verse 13. It says, Moses answered the people who were all freaking out. I mean, they're all like, send us back. We're going to die. It's awful. Which, you know, I get it. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. I don't know about you, but like if I have the world's superpowers army coming after me, and the only thing in front of me is uh, to plunge to my death, my first thought is not you know what I need to do? Be still, right? <laughs> Anything but be still is going to be in my mind that moment. I'm usually probably going to be thinking of run, hide, or fight. One of those things. And it's, for me, it's usually run in the middle of that. Or maybe, hey, can we have like a peace negotiation right now <laughs> and figure this out? Like maybe we could do like a, you know, like a three days a week type thing situation of working for you. But I'm definitely not going to be still in that moment. I don't know any like self-defense class that tells you, hey, when your enemy is charging you, just stay real still, right? That only works with Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park, right? It does not work in any other situation when you are in danger, and so this is not a very good technique, at least human wisdom-wise, to be dealing with an enemy. But it's interesting that all throughout the scriptures, we are instructed to be still, 1 Samuel 12, now then, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Psalms 37, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. Zechariah 2, be still before the Lord, all mankind. And it's interesting that these are almost all connected to moments where people are in danger, where they're panicking, where they're in chaos, where things are falling apart, and they're in need of a miracle. And God is basically saying, hey, I'm about to do something to protect you, to deliver you, to remove you from this situation that is threatening and he wants to champion his people for something new and his statement to them is almost always be still in those moments. Now stillness seems very very unnatural in a moment of crisis. Like I said it seems like the last thing that you would want to do in the the moment and here's the thing not only does it feel unnatural as a human being but it also feels very unnatural in our culture. Stillness is not a value that we as Americans generally have. It's not something that is stilled in us. It's not something practiced that is in us. In fact, we are born into an atmosphere where there is always, always, always something to do, something to become, something to go get, something to have, something to need, some activity that we're supposed to perform in to be something in this life. And on top of that, we have more information now in a little gadget in our pockets than all of the libraries of antiquity, and so we have data coming at us constantly, and not just data, but then we have all these notifications and social media and games and videos and things to do and bills to pay, so we are invited, no, 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 we're like more, we're like demanded into this chaotic, frenzied environment. And then you add on top of that all the other stuff that we just naturally have in life, our jobs, our schools, our kids, our hobbies, media, health, obligations. There is this reverberation of noise all around us that is begging us to move, to strive, to to keep going, to fight, to run, to hide, whatever we need to do in the middle of all of this. And so we generally as a people are very... Unpracticed in the art of stillfulness. It's not something that we generally engage in on a regular basis. This last week I had the opportunity to go bird watching, which I didn't know I enjoyed until I actually went bird watching. I actually thought, you know what I need is like an early morning out to go bird watching. And so we were out of the country for the week, and so we got on, I got on this golf cart at 6 a.m., the sun's coming up, and we drive off into the jungle, and I'm with these two biologists, and this sounds like a crazy story, I know. Where <laughs> there are these two biologists in the jungle, and all of a sudden they stop the cart and they're just sitting there. Now I'm the only one in the cart with them, and I'm thinking, well, what are we doing? Is this is this where I become like a news story somewhere? Right? <laughs> and they just said, just, just listen. And I'm like, all right, what we listen at, right? I, I, was, I was expecting them to be like, oh, look, there's like a parrot or there's a rare woodpecker or something. Nope, they just stood there. And it was crazy because as we stood still, or I should say as I stood still, suddenly I started hearing noises all around me that I had not heard before because I was too busy trying to figure out where we were going next. What was happening, or why were we stuck here in this space? And then as I stood there in the, the noise that I was suddenly aware of all around me, suddenly I realized that if I just paused and looked, we were surrounded by birds. And suddenly they started pointing out, can you see that bird right there? That's, that's this Greco bird. And look at over here, this is a Yucatan blue jay. And look over here, there's this parakeet off in the distance. Do you see it over there? And I had missed all of them. Because I was so busy, not necessarily externally, but there was a busyness inside of me that resisted just being in the stillness. And it was in the stillness that allowed me to see what was in front of me, that I was unaware of all around me in the middle of this. See, in the stillness, we're invited to see what is really going on, what is available to us and what's actually happening. And in the stillness, we see all kinds of things. See, I think at times I avoid stillness and we as people avoid stillness because it's in the stillness that we see our fear. It's in the stillness that we see our extreme self-reliance that at times isn't working. We start seeing the lies that we've bought into. We see the beliefs that we've bought into. We see the attitudes that come bubbling up. We see all of the wounds that have been unattended. But the beautiful thing is that it's in the stillness that we see God as well. It's in the stillness that we're able to see what he's doing. See, when God calls us to be still, there certainly is an aspect of being physically still. There's something to be said about slowing down, pausing, checking in on your breathing, being in the silence, but really when God says be still, he's calling us into an internal state of stillness, quieting all the other voices that are so loud, that are demanding our attention, and just focusing all our energy on God, this is why he says, be still and know that I am God. See, it's in the quiet that all the other voices to run, to hide, to fight, to protect, to cover up, they become irrelevant. Because in the stillness, the threat may still be there, but it is no longer, it is no longer dictating your actions. The threat may be right there in front of you, The Egyptian army was still coming for Moses, but it was in the stillness that he was able to pause and see what was available to him there from God. Because now that my attention is no longer focused on the threat, but it is focused on the God who is wanting to deliver, that I now have access to the resources that are available. So our only responsibility in those moments in the threat is to focus on him and see what is next. What is he calling us into in those moments? Now, I have a hard time with talking about stillness because if you know anything about me, one of the things that I do not enjoy about modern Christianity is this movement towards passivity. This movement towards like, you know, just Jesus take the wheel. And it is very easy to confuse stillness with passivity with just like res- resignation and saying, Well, I, I, I'm not, you know, I-, I could see easily in these moments like, you know, well, the Lord's got it, right? The Lord's gonna take care of Egypt, we're good, we're just gonna wait. You, God, you do your thing, right? In fact, they could have probably said, You know what? I Egyptians? There's no Egyptians coming. In fact, what we should do is just go swimming, right? Let's just do that because there's no threat here. We have God. Or the worst line of that I hear all the time is like, well, if we die, we die at least we're going to heaven, right? And so it feels very passive at times. See, much of Christianity confuses being still with passivity. But here's the thing. Being still is not a passive act. Being still is actually a very active stance. It's an active stance of saying, God, I am focusing all of my attention on you so that all the chaos around me and inside of me calms down so that I can now see what God is up to in the middle of this. See, when God says to Moses at the Red Sea, to be still, I will fight for you, you need only be still, he's saying, Look, Moses, shut up all the other voices. I know there's so much stuff inside of you that is saying to run, to hide, to fight, to protect in that moment, but be still so that you're able to see me. And in that moment, what God tells Moses is he said, lift up your staff and then the waters will part so that you can walk across it. Now, never in a thousand years would Moses have conjured that up on his own, right? Moses was probably already like, Start throwing stuff at him. Everyone, get your stuff. Take your chickens, take your goats, throw them at, the, throw them at the, the Egyptians. They're coming at us. He would have been like men to the front, women and children to the back. He would have said, run, whatever he was doing. But he would have not have thought in that moment, you know what I should do? Hold my stick up, right? But it was in the stillness that he was able to go, oh, that's what God wants me to do. This thing that I would have never thought of on my own, that I would have never come up with in my need to protect myself here, because it's in the stillness that we get the direction that we need. And so he would have never thought, throw your stick up so that the waters may part, but it was in the stillness that he was able to hear this. So when you find yourself in situations with your marriage that say, it's time to run and fight, be still. When you find yourself in your finances going crazy and you're like, I need to run, be still. When you find yourself in that space where your anxiety is saying, hide, protect yourself, be still. In those relationships that say, you know what, cover up my heart, don't give it out too much because you're gonna get hurt, be still in those moments. And this is what I love. The stillness is an invitation to stop and to look for the victory that's already promised you. It's to stop and to not go, will God come through? But to stop and go, okay, where is the victory in this moment? Let me see that for a second. Because it is already promised to us. See, I love that it says, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. It doesn't say stand firm, fight really hard, and we're probably going to get there. It doesn't say, stand firm, bring all of your leadership strategies, and you're going to have like an 89% chance of defeating this sucker, right? It says, the Lord will bring you the victory. You need only be still. See, I think part of our issue with stillness is not only the uncomfortability of seeing everything that's there, but it actually requires a great deal of trust. It actually requires trust that God will actually deliver on the promise of the victory that he says is already available to us. See, because when I'm striving to overcome the enemy or to overcome the, 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 the presence that is attacking me, when I am like, hey, this threat is out there and I am striving to defeat it on my own, at least I can say that I'm in control. At least I can say, look, I got this, so I am not relying on God, I'm not relying on anyone else, at least here I am in control, so that at least I can guarantee something will happen. And if nothing happens, I can at least say, hey, I gave it my all, and I guess that's life. But how many of us are just exhausted in the striving? How many of us are tired in in trying to make the threat go away on our own, of trying to make it ahead on our own, of trying to get through the victory on our own? See, because here's the thing I fully believe is that we were made to be warriors, every single one of us. That God made us to fight. He made us to be warriors. But we are not the ones responsible for the victory. We are called to simply receive the victory. And there's a difference between the two. That is not a passive stance. That's not just like a, hey, sit around and wait. But it is a, God, what is it that you need from me so that I can receive the victory? And for Moses, it was simply holding up his stick so that everyone could walk through on dry ground. Because here's the thing, I guarantee you that when Moses was sitting there holding up his staff, and as his people were walking through a long dry ground, I guarantee you that he was not standing there thinking, I am the man, look at me, right? Magic stick, everyone, look at this, right? He, he wasn't thinking, you know what? This is going to make a great book deal, 10 Steps to Parting Your Red Sea. It's going to be out, it's going to be a bestseller, it's going to be incredible. He was just humbly standing there, receiving the victory That really had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with the fact that he remained still, heard God's voice, and obeyed. He just humbly received the victory. And here's the beautiful thing, is that for you control freaks out there like me who are striving, who are trying to get things together, who are trying to make things, make sure that your life is in order and things don't fall apart or that you keep it going, whatever it may need to be, this should be good news. This should be such a relief because there's no more striving There's no more trying to make it happen. There's no more conjuring up some great plan that's finally going to get you ahead. There's no more maintaining control. You need only be still. And the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. See, that's what I love is that Not only did God say, I will deliver you the victory if you're willing to be still and look to me and obey, but he just says, look, it's going to be 100% done. He doesn't even say, like, I'm going to wound them so you have a chance. He doesn't even say, I'm going to slow them down. He says, this enemy that you are about to defeat, you will never see again. Isn't it funny to look back on some of the enemies that you've fought in the past that you thought were going to kill you and you were going to die and your life was going to fall apart. And to look back on them and go, what was I thinking? They were so small, right? That was so insignificant. Why on earth did I think that that was going to be the thing that was going to take me out or ruin my life or kill me forever? See, because we can look back and see those moments where God said, that enemy that you are, is in front of you, you will never see it again. That, 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 that financial situation that you feel is going to take you down, you're not going to see that again. That relational conflict that you think is just going to be the end of you, you're not going to see it again. Because when God delivers the victory, when we're willing to be still and listen and obey, it is 100%. And it lasts. See, this is the heart of God for our lives. Complete victory. But what he calls us to be is still. Still. If we're willing to enter into that, at times, very scary space. So I want you to answer these questions that are on the screen. Where in your life do you currently need to be still? What are the areas where you're like frantically trying to make things happen? Or or maybe you're like so worried or or you're still wondering like, is God going to come through? Where are the areas that you just need to be like, hey, chill, we're going to be okay? And then what is it about stillness that you personally resist the most? Is it just like the quiet? Is it the, is, it the, is it the anxiousness of it? Is it the awkwardness of it? Is it the letting go of control? What is it for you? All right, so take about five minutes, answer these questions with someone, and we'll come right back. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks, and have an amazing week.